Hello, Vibers, and welcome to the Vibe with Kai podcast. It's your boy, Kai, and I am so excited to be sitting here. There's a whole list of things I'm about to read off here. Artist, (laughs) actor, podcaster, TikToker, Instagrammer, author, writer, producer, overall badass, Amanda Catherine Loy. Hi. Hi, it's so, nice, it's, so nice to, it's so nice to see you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Amanda is the host of Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast and the author of the critically acclaimed book, I Chopped Off My Tits. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. Today, we're going to talk about her personal journey, navigating preventative double mastectomy, living her life as a queer and non-monogamous woman, and so much more. I'm so happy to have my new friend Amanda here with us today. How are you? How's your day? Thank you for having me. Yeah, my day is slow. I went to the far. I'm in Canada right now with yeah. my family. Um, and I went to the farmers market with my yeah. mom. Got a coffee. It's been chill, you know. Nice. And then That's I, now nice I'm talking to you. Morning. That's a nice, Honestly, very nice productive well, morning. Welcome to life with my family. It's the productivity <laughs> life over here is real. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I need I need some of that to rub off on me because I yeah I, me too. Mornings are rough for me sometimes. <laughs> oh my sure. gosh, it's bad. It's bad. Um, but I'm super excited to to, to be sitting with you. There's so much to to like talk about and when I was prepping for this I was like I don't even know where to even begin because there's just so much that I want to talk about so I want to kind of like dive right into this uh here so um I want to start off with you personally a couple years ago um I believe it was either 2017 or 2018 um you had preventative uh double mastectomy um and you self-published a book called I Chopped Off My Tits kind of documenting that entire process yeah. um talk to me about that journey you know and, and how it made you who you are today yeah yeah it was 2018 I had my my um my surgery was December 3rd 2018 so it's almost four years ago now which mm-hmm. is fucking crazy to yeah, think right? about <laughs> um yeah I mean it's you know, breast cancer and just like the fear of breast cancer has been in my world a long time. My dad's mom died when he was 18 of it. And her mom died of ovarian cancer, which is also linked to the BRCA gene. So I knew that the reality that it would be and play a role in my life was pretty high. And then when my dad found out that he was positive for the BRCA gene, there were advancements, you know, um, I was in like high school, like late high school, early college. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because I can't face this right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not in a space for that. So as soon as I, as soon as I had the courage and um, knew that I could face it post all of my years of um, eating disorder cycles and body dysmorphia and all of that stuff. I was like, I, I'm in a place where if I need to chop off my tits, I, I will. Right. And I can, and I can get through it. Um, and so 2018 was that year. And I found out I was positive two days after my 27th birthday for the oh, gene. Wow. Um, and um, yeah. And then it just, the rest of that year was prepping for my surgery, had right. my surgery. And at the time I was blogging, it was like, I had just started my podcast in 2018 and I had been blogging for years before that. And that was like my social, I've been on like online doing this kind of stuff for a long, long time. And I've seen the the waves and everything. And so I'd been blogging a lot and sharing a lot of my experience free form. Um, And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe this will be a big long blog post because people were Mm -hmm. really struggling. And I started writing and it was 10,000 words. And right. I was like, I think I'm writing a book. So here we are. <laughs> what would you say was the most difficult part of, I know that, that I mean, you could probably 
pick from the litter here in that regard, but yeah. what would you say is was the most difficult part, I guess, for you to grasp either emotionally, physically, what did you yeah. struggle with the most? Oh, there was so much. I mean, yeah. I think overarching my biggest struggle and what's really been the through line of pretty much everything I ever share about online in everything is like, I just felt so alone in my experience. Cause I was, you know, at the time 27 and I was so angry that there weren't resources for people my age. Um, like it was like, you go on these Facebook groups and it's like all these 50 plus women who've had kids and like navigate it, you know, and they're like all talking about their experience, which was valuable and helpful. But I also was like, I'm in my twenties and I'm facing this now. And it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I felt very alone, felt very alone. And so I started sharing the nitty gritty of it all. And like videos of me having my drains removed mm -hmm. and all of this stuff, because I was like, I didn't get to see this. Right. And I was terrified and I had all this anxiety and there's a lot of trauma. Like, I mean, yes, it's, it, I'm grateful. I had the choice and that it was mm -hmm. preventative. And there's so many people I know that it's not, you know, and mm -hmm. they, they don't have that option. Right. But really, I didn't have an option if I wanted to live. I mean, my my chances were like 85% chance of getting breast sure, cancer, sure. you know? Yeah. So what, would you, it, what, would you, what would you say you learned the most from this process? You know, like, what, like, because uh, obviously mm. today you are, uh, you're, you're, you're thriving in this world where you, you are so vulnerable and you put a lot out there for people to, uh, to learn from and, and hope, and I would imagine you learn from them as well. Um, oh, yeah. what would you say that you, you learned, the, like learned from this entire process? Hmm. I think it was my first big step into like beyond the self-development world sure. that I had been in for a few years and moving more into like actual trauma and in trauma informed understanding. Like I started therapy for the first time during that year for my own self. And I also experienced firsthand what both the anxiety leading up to a traumatic event because dropping off, you know, basically amputating a body part, uh -huh. even though it's intentional is trauma. Right. Uh -huh. And moving through that. And then the other side of that event and understanding how trauma affects us, both physical trauma, mental trauma. I just, I really started understanding that for myself in a deeper way, which then right. also led to shifting how I teach and how I coach and even to my artistry, how that's impacted myself as an actor. I mean, it's, personally impacted me probably in the, the deepest way from that perspective. Right. If there's somebody that's listening right now that might be either going through something similar or might have similar fears or, yeah. you know, this might be a situation that is familiar to them in some fashion, what would you say to them right now if they were listening? I would just say you're not alone and that even though you feel like nobody understands there are people in this world that do and while all that you're getting like thrown at you right now or maybe a family member is getting thrown at them is all this medical jargon and all of this like very like clinical like non-personable stuff that there are resources out there they're not many which is yeah. why I wrote my book but um reach out to me, you know, DM, please like shoot me a DM. I'm so open in that space on Instagram. I don't have my TikTok DMs open because it's wild, but yeah, in, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram is where I roll, but also yeah. like buy my book. If you want like just a first person, you know, personable, funny, it's funny too. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, and, and it's, it's also a space for just anyone who's trauma 
trauma. Yeah. And like navigating any trauma in your life. Like it's hard. That shit's hard. We need Mm -hmm. tools. We need support. We need community. So don't be afraid to ask for help. For those of you that are listening right now, um, just so you know, I am going to link all of her uh, information into the uh, you know, description area of this, of this podcast. So you're going to be able to click and get through to, you know, to her book and her podcasts and, and all of, all of her links. So you'll be able to, to reach out to her and, 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 and get more information. Um, so in regards to the book, what was the reaction like? So like, once you published it, you, it's all, it's all out there for the yeah, world yeah. to see. What was the, what was the reaction like that you witnessed? Yeah. I mean, it's, such a lonely job sometimes being yeah. I'm sure you probably can relate to this to a degree like you put so much of yourself out there and resources out there that you know you need it and that other people are asking for but a lot of the time like you don't receive the feedback mm. that you're expecting or like the level of whatever right and I don't tend to have expectations in that space I've learned to remove that pretty early in my mm-hmm. journey but there's one thing that I was expecting was more of like a a big front end response Mm -hmm. and less of a trickle. And it's actually been the reverse. Like I have so many people who reach out with these very long, like essay, like emails or messages, just saying that, like, I get emotional thinking about this, but like, they really like that. I, that the book is like the only reason that they feel like they have any semblance of like a support yeah. right through their through their own journey and it, that still makes me so sad and mm-hmm. angry that that's the only thing that they feel supported by but I remember feeling no support mm-hmm. and so the fact that that can be even true because of something that I put into the universe yeah. like that's why I did it it's for yeah. one person to mm-hmm. hopefully not feel like I did right it makes and it all so worth it yeah mm-hmm. makes it all worth it yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel any kind of pressure in that regard? Because like this is tough, right? To to put yourself yeah. out there and to uh, allow yourself to be a resource for people to you know yeah. to reach out to and tell their story or to get advice, whatever it may be. Um, I'm curious if you ever feel the pressure because so, so like the reason I ask is like for me, I I obviously I talk a lot about my mental health because earlier this year I was diagnosed with high anxiety and severe depression, something that I never thought that I would ever you know, be mm-hmm. diagnosed with. It's just something that wasn't in my brain, uh, yeah. figur- figuratively, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I started documenting that entire experience. And as a result, people started reaching out and saying, hey, you know, Kai, you know, I've been going through, you know, similar things. And, you know, how did you handle this? Or what is your advice on this? And, um, and I'm curious, when you get, when people reach out to you for mm-hmm. advice and all of that, do you ever feel any pressure to, I guess, always be at, at your best in that regard? Because, I mean, you are a human being and yeah, as yeah. human beings, we have feelings and emotions, you know, we're yes. not robots. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, wh- yeah, what do you feel there? Yeah, I, I used to like early on for sure. Um, I think, you know, it's been, gosh, I started my business and started like sharing very publicly about my experience in 2015. So I've been for seven years, kind of like navigating this. And I definitely used to feel that pressure. I was like a high perfectionist, like hyper people pleaser. I coach people pleasers for that reason. Cause I get it. I get the, like the shit in that space so hard. And I'm at a point now and have been for quite a few years where I don't present myself, or at least I work really hard to make sure that people know that I don't consider myself an expert. Mm-hmm. Like I actually really have an issue with that term, generally speaking. Cause the only thing I'm an expert on is my own life. Sure. And I'm going to share 
very, very through the only way that I know how my heart, my shit, my stories, you know, I'm a storyteller at the end of the day, like that's who I am. That's what I do. And I can support other people in their own experience, both through my stories, but through my work, through my coaching, through my art, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like if I can illuminate something within someone else by them, just witnessing what I'm doing on TikTok or Instagram or through my podcast or in a course I run or on stage, whatever that is, then like, that is why I'm here. It's not to give advice. I actually explicitly say that, like, Mm -hmm. I don't give advice because I can't possibly give advice because the only person that knows what, like, if I were giving advice to you, if you were here, like, give me advice on this, I'd be like, I would ask you questions to help illuminate what you need Mm -hmm. because you have the answers. Right. Right. Whereas like, I can share what's worked for me, but I cannot give advice to somebody who has a different lived experience, who has Mm -hmm. different, you know, privileges, different biases, all of these things. Like I can hold space for you to be supported in the ways that you hopefully need Mm -hmm. by asking questions and supporting that. But like, I don't know. The advice piece is something I've always really just kind of been like, it's not, that's not what I'm here for. Right. Because the only person that can really answer those questions is, is you. Absolutely. And so the title, the title of the book is I chopped off my tits, which is amazing. (laughs) Which is fantastic. Was that always the title or was it just one of those things you're like, you're like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to get straight to the point. <laughs> no, it was always the title because that's yeah. what I was saying about my own experience. Like mm-hmm. people would be like, well, yeah, you're, I'm like, fuck this. Like I chopped off my tits. Like that's yeah. what happened. I made the conscious decision. I yeah. didn't do it myself. Like I had someone mm-hmm. else do it, but like, yeah, I dropped off my tits. And so it was this running joke with my friends and it just made sense. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I got that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and, and and let me just say, I, I really do appreciate uh, you being able to talk so openly and 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 viscerally and, and honest about this because uh, you know there are so many people I feel out there whether it's with this type of situation or any type of situation that they do feel alone um, yeah. it's it's nice to know that there's somebody out there that is able to potentially uh, relate um, or empathize with what they're going through um, the example I always give and the reason that I appreciate you so much is you know, is that it's kind of inspiring for me as well, because when I was growing up, there were zero black men talking openly about mental health, at least none that I saw, you know? And so when I hear people like you, you know, talking about, you know, how you do this, you know, just to help at least one person, there might be one person whose life that you've saved and it makes it all worth it. You know, that really honestly puts it into perspective for me as well, because I'm like, when I was growing up, the reason that I didn't get diagnosed until I was 34 years old is because when I was growing up, I was told that it was, like anxiety wasn't real. That just yeah. anxiety meant that you were fake, you were, you were weak, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that you just need to be strong minded, you need to be stronger and you need to throw some dirt on it and you'll be all right, you know, um, and then I realized, wait, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not how this works at all. So I, I really do appreciate you, you know, speaking so openly about this. And I, I know for a fact that there are other people that, that are getting something out of it. I hear, I hear a lot of stories from my girlfriend, Abby, who, you know, who speaks uh, so lovingly and, and the best. wonderful of you. She is amazing. <laughs> I know I'm legit the luckiest, <laughs> luckiest man on this planet. Um, yeah. yeah and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you because, you know, I remember her and I sitting in her kitchen, just like talking and we're going to, we're going to talk about this next in regards to, you know, polyamory and demisexuality. Yeah. Um, and, and she was like, oh, you should, you should check out my friend, my friend, Amanda. I was like, okay. And, and then I, I went onto your page and, you know, I happened to just scroll through and, and 
and I'm like, oh, I need to invite her on. <laughs> we, need <laughs> yeah. to, we need to, we need to chat. Um, yeah. So, so let's let's jump into that. Let's talk about you know the world of of polyamory and and demisexuality. I find it so interesting that people find this so taboo, in a way. Mm. You know, like it, it it's it's really interesting to me that people are just so like. Like, I don't That's because you're an actor, Pat. I guess so. I guess so. Because I grew <laughs> up around folks, everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was in, like in high school and college, like I experienced so much, you know, and like I got to, you know, um, explore my sexuality when I was in high mm. school and in and, and college. So like, like it, it was never really like a crazy thought to me, but there are a lot of people when you explain to them, we'll, you know, we'll start with polyamory. We'll, you, we'll explain to them what that means. And they're like, what yeah. <laughs> why um yeah so for 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 those for the people that don't know can you explain to them what exactly is is the definition of polyamory and, and how you found yourself in in that world yeah I want to just caveat that this mm. is my definition of polyamory yes. and there's mm. a lot of different ones that go around and there's mm. not kind of a monolith on this right, right. so take everything I as always that I say with like a learning curve, a, a grain mm. of salt, and like continue to do your own research right. as we all should. Um, but yeah, for me, like polyamory is really just about the capacity to love multiple people at the end of the day. And there are kind of different paths that that can look like. It's like, an, um, you know, an umbrella term is like non-monogamy and then there's multiple mm. paths underneath that umbrella term. I did a whole podcast episode about this because yeah. it's confusing as fuck. We need language, <laughs> right, to understand. Yes. But yeah. I remember learning about it and being like, I don't understand <laughs> because it's not what we're taught, right? We're yeah. taught that monogamy is the only option and it's it's compulsory monogamy. And there's a lot of like toxic monogamous elements that exist in, in the culture and systemically what we expect especially in the united states but really most of the world mm -hmm. and um and yeah i at the end of the day it's really just like i have the capacity and the desire um and the innate ability to hold like be in love with mm -hmm. multiple people right. polyamory many loves right, right that's right. really what it is when you explain that to people sometimes, do do they often look at you like as if you have 15 heads uh, <laughs> on your body? <laughs> you know, I think I've been very lucky within yeah. my own like inner circle mm. that for the most part, uh, like my chosen family, especially uh, are, you know, very open-minded theater folk, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, yeah, we're they're a different like, breed. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, like it's, it's not so different to like, in, in my opinion, I was like, oh, this is actually just who I've always been. Like, I'm just somebody who, and I don't even know that I like fully resonate with the term polyamorous either. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of moved towards more relationship anarchy, which I know sure. Abby mm -hmm. really resonates with too. Yes. And we've yes. had many a conversation <laughs> about this for my off one, but um, yeah, like it's at the end of the day, like I've always just had deep intimate connections with the people in my life. And I haven't had this expectation or traditional sense of what family should look like of what marriage should be like or even if it should exist mm -hmm. and about like the height the inherent hierarchy of like a partner just magically all of a sudden being more important than a friend right. it's just never really been the way that I've lived I didn't have the language for it for a really long time I thought I was just a big old weirdo which is true um, so <laughs> nothing many wrong with that uh, hey, listen, yeah. I'm right there with you <laughs> let's reclaim the word weird because it's the yes. best compliment I could ever give Absolutely. anybody but yeah. like I was just always like this and I felt really strange I was like but I want to cuddle my friends mm -hmm. like 
I would make out with you. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. even though we're not dating or maybe let's date too. Like, I just, I always was just like, let's live in the grave. Not wanting to paint yourself into a corner. Right. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I really resisted that for a long time. I really forced myself into the boxes because, you know, we grow, we, especially in the U S but really, I mean, I'm from Canada originally. And even then there's like, there's these deep, like systemic expectations around everything. I mean, like around how we do relationships around what we can or cannot do based on the color of our skin, based on our lived experience, like all these things. And it's like, okay, fit into this box, chug, be a, be a cog in the machine. And I'm like, my Aquarius ass is like, fuck no, (laughs) we are not going to do this. I just don't know how to do it. So Um, but I did for a long time and that's what led me to be really unhealthy and polyamory has sort of been uh, an an additional kind of like closing puzzle piece to my, well, and it was really linked also to like my understanding of my sexuality and being Mm -hmm. able to like finally navigate that with intention for the first time in my life. And so, yeah. What's it like, what's, what's it like for you dating wise, you know, having to, I guess I don't want to say explain yourself to people, but like that's mm-hmm. it is something that you know I would imagine we like we would have to lead off with uh, beca- yeah. because of oh, the, 100%. because of the antiquated ideology, especially here in the United States or just Western culture in general, um, is yeah. something that we have to lead off with. Um, yeah. Have you found that it's been a little bit more difficult, or do you feel it's been you know okay, you know, in, in yeah. That I thought it was going to be harder than it was. And granted, Mm. I live in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's a very liberal place. And I understand the privilege that comes with that. Um, But for the most part, people have been way more open hearted about Mm -hmm. it than I thought. And really, at the end of the day, like, I want to connect with someone who has a shared value system. And my values like the reason that I operate in non-traditional relationship dynamics, the reason that I am a relationship anarchist at the end of the day, the reason that I am queer are rooted in my values. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those are just expressions of my truest self. And so I don't want to connect with somebody or not share about my values early on. And so if that's not something that they are either completely open-hearted to, even though that's not at the heart of what they need and, or are, share in those values too, then we're not going to be a match, right? Mm -hmm. Even as friends, probably. And Mm -hmm. so that's, I don't know, for me, it's like very early on, I talk about it. And for the most part, people are really chill. Like I've, that's been my experience. And again, like, that's just my experience. I know many people that I've supported Mm -hmm. have really different experiences and that can Mm -hmm. be really, really challenging. Um, Before we continue with our interview, I wanted to let you know that the official Vibe with Kai Patreon is finally here. For only $5 a month, you'll get full access to things you won't find anywhere else on the internet. This includes mental health updates, brand new Get More Girls recaps and reviews, TV show recaps and reviews, movie recaps and reviews, fitness photos, and early access to so much more. Visit the Vibe with Kai Patreon and you too can get your vibe on. Subscribe today. But yeah, yeah, I mean, my family kind of took a little time to like wrap their brains around it. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're boomers and they, <laughs> they live a certain perspective, yeah. but there's, you know, they're also yeah. like at the end of the day, just want to support and love my right. life. So, right. I found that whenever I try to explain, explain to people, they're, they're definitely open, 
they just have a lot of questions, which is which is always uh, always great because I, I I love answering those questions or like to the best of my ability, um, and the people become so curious like they it's like mm. they want like they want to accept it. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to keep asking questions until it starts to click. <laughs> do you appreciate here. that? Do you appreciate do. the questions? I yeah, do. Me too. I'd rather them ask. I, and I tell them that because they'll, they'll always apologize. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have so many questions. I'm like, please, no, ask. I'd rather you ask yeah. than just kind of like sit there and like either judge or just be like, oh, I, don't, I don't fucking get it. So I'm just not going to try. You know, like they, I'd rather yeah. them ask. As you can see, my cat back there just living his uh, best life. Right I now. love it. <laughs> his best life. Um, by the way, do you know my cat's names? By the way, yeah, they're they're based off of Hamilton, the Hamilton yes. and Burr, right? Hamilton and, and Burr, yes. Yeah, so Which one, tracks when Abby Burr. told me that, I was mm-hmm. like, that is truly everything <laughs> that is correct, and tracks so much given the things you've told me yes. about Kai. So now I'm stoked to actually get to know absolutely. Because it's the first time we're really talking. Yes, so it's it nice. is. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's really it's really really nice. Um, so let's. I also I also want to delve into the world of of, and this is something that. Uh, Abby and I talk a lot about as well because um, Abby identifies as uh, as a demisexual, which is yeah. it, which admittedly is a term that I was I did not know. Yeah, I did not know until I think this that's year. really common. Most people, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I did not know. I was not familiar with it until Abby started to educate me on on what yeah. it what it um, what it is, what it means, uh, which is another reason why, uh, you know, I wanted to, to bring you on to kind of like talk about that, because I think people, including myself, when I first started to be told about it was just confused. I'm like, wait, hold on. Wait, I, I'm confused. Wait, what, is, what does that mean? So you you do, but you don't like what's what's going on? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, was, I was very curious. So um, if you don't mind, can you just tell uh, the people listening what your definition or what how do you, how you um, yeah. define demisexuality? I appreciate that that's how you ask it, because I do think that everybody who identifies as demisexual defines a little differently for themselves. Um, It's still, it was a newer concept to me too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I came out as demi like three years ago and Mm -hmm. I was like navigating that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a part and under the umbrella of the ACE spectrum. The thing about demisexuality is it's, for me, it's all about not having the desire, sexual attraction, physical attraction to someone until and or if there is an emotional connection baseline that exists. And usually it also, and not always, but usually for me, it always, it also is paired with like a baseline of trust, right? Mm -hmm. This feeling of safety. And that's probably, we can unpack why that is. I'm sure there's some trauma shit there for me for (laughs) sure. Talks about this in therapy a lot, but like, yeah, it's like, Mm -hmm. I just don't, I'm not like a, I cannot, I cannot do casual sex. I wish I could. I want to be like such a slut. I really do. I and I reclaim that. I'm like so stoked for my friends who are like out here living their best (laughs) lives. And I'm like, my best life is getting to know somebody and feeling really great emotionally and then being a hell of a motherfucking slut with them. (laughs) It's it's funny. It's funny because whenever, because, because Abby defines it pretty much the, 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 uh, the same way. And I remember one of the first questions that I asked, and this honestly, and I I allow my ignorance to show because I think it's important. Like, I don't mind like putting myself out there in regards to, you know, learning about this and um, all of that. Um, When I first heard it and I was like, well, isn't that just normal, right? Like you Mm. don't want to like have sexual intercourse with somebody that you're just not attracted to, right? Totally. Um, And like, so I was like, wait, and at first I was like, well, that's, 
seems pretty normal to me, but I, I think it's, a, and one thing that I've learned is it's a lot deeper than that, um, yeah. than just like a traditional, just like, hey, yep. you know, um, uh, kind of, do you feel it's the, like, do you feel it's the, uh, in a similar fashion that it's a lot deeper than just a traditional, like, you know, for me, a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I have dated folks who are demisexual and it's, they even have like more deepness mm-hmm. to that in their own levels yeah. too. Um, so, so, and it's so individual, but I also would, would reflect on the other side that that's not necessarily normal. Right. Mm-hmm. I would, I would push you on that because mm-hmm. I know that like, I have many, many friends who they're normal yeah. is like, Ooh, I see a person from across the bar. You're mm-hmm. hot. Let's bang. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's great and beautiful mm-hmm. and normal. Right. And I think that, that what, what is normal, right? Like, I don't know if that word <laughs> yeah, is like no, something no, that I, great, no, true. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all just so uniquely beautiful and different yes. and like what drives us and who we are at our core, like whether we're demisexual or we're fully ace or like whatever, the, whatever it means, you know, mm-hmm. um, for us, or we're just a hella motherfucking mega sexual person who like yeah. just wants to get down every day of the week with somebody <laughs> new, like all right, of these right. things are normal. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't talk about them enough. And so we were like, Oh, we only know our own lens or our right. own perspectives or like the lens of our friends and right, right. stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. I remember feeling really weird about it because right. I was always like, the sh- I felt like I was weird and shy mm. and that like, that almost like, I don't know, like I, I had to like perform in order to sure. receive attention and, yeah. and like pretend to feel this attraction before I did. And so a lot of like my early experiences with anybody was very performative. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that at the time, but it was like, I felt like I had to be a certain way and feel a certain way in order to engage sexually. Um, or I felt like I was wrong for asking like people that I was falling for or in a relationship to wait, you know, I was like, well, there's this pressure, right. And like people don't always understand it. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think being able to talk about it and have representation is so important because I know yeah. so many people have reached out and been like, oh my God, this gives me a word. And I was yeah. like, that's how I felt. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you feel, do you feel that there are any, I guess, not not just in regards to just demisexuality, but just in you know, everything that we've talked about so far in regards to, you know, polyamory, demisexuality, uh, non-monogamous, you know, relationships in general, do you feel that there are any common misconceptions that you often find yourself correcting oh my god so many <laughs> you're like how long do we have how much yeah, time do we have yeah i mean you know so many misconceptions like well for one especially in the u.s like it being such a like you know, it's compulsive monogamy and like life and relationships look on this like particular path and it has to look like this or it's wrong or it's Mm -hmm. off or it's taboo. And it's like, but why, like, Mm -hmm. what are the actual systems around this? And like reality is, is it's rooted in like a lot of church stuff, a lot of like, like the founding fathers built these things and like all this stuff. And it's like rooted in capitalism, white supremacy, like all this stuff. That's really not actually things that are serving us, which Mm -hmm. hopefully some people are waking up to now. Mm-hmm. and like non-traditional relationship models have been happening for a very fucking long time yes. mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's just is the reality yeah mm-hmm. um and yet for whatever reason it's so shocking to somebody that like one you know you could potentially like and what's less what's crazy is that it's less shocking for an affair it's mm-hmm. less shocking for yes. like cheating right mm-hmm. and you're like so you're cool with deceit you're cool with lying. You're cool mm-hmm. with 
like actively purposefully choosing to like hurt a person that you love mm-hmm. to harm them to like deceive them in every way but like if they were to honestly come to you and be like i am feeling these feelings for another person or just even say i have attraction for someone sure. else mm-hmm. like that's even taboo you know mm-hmm. for, it's for yeah. so many people i think I, I, I guess i feel like that also has a part to do with like a person's just uh pride <laughs> you know sometimes and they're their uh, ability to just be open and vulnerable because they feel as though they're going to get judged or looked down upon when really they when really they should. And I, I always feel that honesty is always the best answer when you're being able to be true to yourself and true to your feelings. I feel as though, and I feel like this goes without saying, but not really in this world. But you know, mm-hmm. when, when you're being able, when you're able to be honest with yourself and the people around you, you live a better life. You're you just feel more comfortable. Um, yeah. And it's a shame that um, that that in and of itself is being attacked right now, um, is particularly in the United States. Um, and it's it's just so disappointing, you know, to to know that that is the direction that people want to head in in 2022. Yeah. Um, like I. I, I I know I don't need to tell you this, but obviously the the past week <laughs> has been such a disappointment, and and it's been and continues unsurprisingly, to be unsurprisingly yep. disappointing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Which which makes it worse. It's like we knew this was coming. Yep. And, and, we, and know we know that it's, gonna it's worse. gonna get worse. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that brings up like a continuation. It's not just about honesty at this point, like, and it hasn't been for a long time. It's about safety too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh personal safety, like more global safety, like coming, like I I am very privileged to be able to talk about my my experience and also just who I am. Like I talk very openly about being queer online. I talk very openly about being in non-traditional relationship models. Like I don't know how much longer that will be safe to do, mm-hmm. but I know that because of a lot of certain aspects of my life, I have the privilege to do that. And there are a lot of people that cannot, yeah. right? And I will do it until I can, because mm-hmm. I, I just want people to feel like it's, you know, they see some type of representation, some type of, mm-hmm. of, of feeling like even if they're just sitting alone in their room and they cannot be open about it to anybody in their life that they can see somebody out there and say, okay, I'm not alone in this, right. you know? Right. Right. But yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's yeah, a wild, it really is. And wild time to be alive. It is right. <laughs> and um, it's not, and, and that actually is a good segue into, you know, your podcast here, because you have, you have a podcast called live your fuck yes life in which you are able to, you know, talk openly and, and uh, about the way that you feel and interview, you know, people from around the globe about various different topics um, in, that like similar to the ones that we're talking about today. Um, what made you want to start? that pod I mean I guess it's a pretty easy answer I guess but like what made you you know want to start talking about this so openly on a podcast yeah well so my podcast started I started recording stuff for the podcast in late 2017 Mm -hmm. and then we launched February 2018 and I was you know, and at the time there were not candid conversations about Mm -hmm. shit that nobody talks about. My whole goal was to have candid conversations with people who are not like me Mm -hmm. and talk about 
like these taboo subjects, like bring people on, you know, that I really respect that are sharing something that I see and have a conversation, a real conversation as if we were having coffee, you know, and that's what really started it. Cause I was again, angry and tired mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted to not, you know, I wanted to feel less alone. And I knew so many of my, you know, people, my community were feeling the same way. And, um, you know, we're really supported by my blogging, but blogging was kind of going out and mm-hmm. podcasting was, was becoming more of a thing. And I'm like, this is great. I'm an actor. I'm a storyteller. This is sure. like my preferred way of mm-hmm. operating. So let's roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what it started as, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of evolved as I've evolved, right? Like yeah. a lot of the stuff that's in my early episodes, like I listened to that girl and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I had a lot of unlearning to do and a lot of unpacking and, sure. you know, a lot of stuff that like, I just didn't have the awareness around. Right, and right. I'm so grateful that it's just kind of been like this journey as I've gone on and I've gotten yeah. to, you know, the pillars really of the podcast are talking about like queer liberation, mm-hmm. non-traditional relationship models mm-hmm. and, you know, like body neutrality and like support in that space. And really just like what it is to be a human in whatever it is today, as you're mm-hmm. listening, you know, to the podcast, yeah. um, having open conversations with people who are not like me, who have different yeah. lived experiences. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's important because I know for me, like I've, I started this podcast back in 2020. Uh, it's a pot, it's a, it's a pandemic podcast. Pandemic pod, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a pand- <laughs> and I started back in, in March of 2020 because I was incredibly yeah. bored and I'm always talking and my friends were like, you should just I'll just, just talk, do it. Talk, yeah, on, yeah. talk onto a microphone. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Don't, don't, don't make me do it. Um, mm. So, so I started doing it uh, and, and, you know, similar to you, you know, being able to just sit and just talk with people. I've learned so much, yeah, so much. And I'm like, man, if I didn't have these conversations with people from all over the globe, I don't know what knowledge I would even have right now. Like, I don't know how I've been functioning without it in the first place. Mm. You know, I had somebody on um, a couple weeks ago um, that is, uh, is, is very well-spoken in regards to uh, uh, narcissistic uh, abusive relationships, right? I had no idea that this was such a major thing and it's gigantic mm. and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's awful the way that people have been abused by narcissists. I, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I did not know that this was even a thing. And I'm glad yeah. I do now. And I don't know if I would have known if it wasn't for me, you know, being educated by, you know, the people of TikTok and Instagram and being like, hey, you should go talk to this person and, and yeah. learn, you know, about this. And it was such a really interesting thing. And, and same thing for you. I'm glad that we got to like sit and talk about um, all of this. And it educates me, it educates, you know, people that, you know, might have similar questions, you know, on my side of things and things like that. And like, honestly, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing to, to, to have you sitting with me. Um, I mean, I, I feel the same way, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the beauty of coming together and connecting, mm-hmm. right? Like we get to learn from one another. And right. if we're constantly positioning ourselves as the person who has all the answers, then we're mm-hmm. not getting it right. Right. In right. my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I love things like this because, and granted, I know so much of it has been like questions from my standpoint oh, and no, like yeah. me sharing about my stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like you also have to recognize that so much of what you put into the world is impacting 
so many people just because you have the courage to share your story, mm -hmm. right? Like the more we can just talk about our stories openly and come to spaces like this with curiosity, with an open heart, you know, and all of like that, I believe that is the path forward more. I've always believed that I will believe that for the rest of my goddamn life. Yes. <laughs> and I, I'm so appreciative for other people who operate in that space mm -hmm. like you, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, it's a refreshing as fuck. <laughs> no, it, no, it honestly, it really is. Um, my last question for you is this, um, and I, like, uh, my base the, is is ninety two percent people. This is on both uh, Instagram and TikTok. Ninety two percent people who identify as female, right? Um, that is that's my base, and and so like I always love yeah. having people that are similar to my base you know, uh, on, on my podcast and featured in the things that I do, because I know that you can sometimes speak directly to them better than I could mansplain anything, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, sure. and I, I, I always try to stay in my lane in that regard. And, and so this is the, this is the part that I kind of turn it over to you. And my question for you is this, there might be somebody that's listening to this right now that has, you know, you know, followed me for the longest time and as relating to the things that you say uh, about a various amount of things that may be struggling with their identity, that might that may be struggling with their sexuality, that may be struggling with emotions or, or physical um, um, issues that they might be going with. What words of encouragement would you have mm. for them right now that might be that might be listening? I know that's a tough question, mm. but I'm, I'm curious if you if, if, if you could say anything to them, what would you say? No, yeah, no, I appreciate the question. I would probably just share the thing that I probably needed to hear more than anything um, and have continued to need to hear and remind myself of all the time and have been reminding myself of a lot lately. Mm. And it's that um, you don't have to have all the answers and that it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing thing in order for you to be valid and for it to be real and for you to live according to whatever you think you might be now or are or whatever. The best thing that I've learned within my own experience and that I see a lot with the folks that I work with and, and just am surrounded by in my community is that small intentional steps make all the difference. And even if you can just 1% do something today that's in alignment with your core identity or this thing you might think, or maybe just like, maybe you're like thinking you might want to dress more mask, like, mm -hmm. okay, like put on something like put on a flannel shirt today. It might be a little hot, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and see, <laughs> yeah. see how that feels on your body. Like I, I, when I was, I'll give a personal example, but when mm -hmm. I was a kid um, or like a preteen, I was really into like the grunge scene, but I didn't feel like I could really be that because I was surrounded by like a pretty preppy environment. And the way that I found my way through that to a small degree was buying these like chokers that mm -hmm. are now back because everything yes. from the nineties is back. And Obviously. it's truly the strangest concept <laughs> for my, I walk into stores and I'm like, okay, I feel like oh my, my inner preteen is coming to right. the surface. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for Jinko you know, jeans to come back too. I'm just truly, waiting. truly like the butterfly clips and the halter <laughs> tops and the low rise pants. I'm like, we are here again. It's coming um, back. <laughs> but the chokers are back in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remembered putting them away because I felt like I couldn't be this like evanescent. I was like really an evanescence mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And yeah. I was like really, but I never actually like represented that on my body. And I recently, recently, like within the last month bought a set of chokers and I have been loving wearing them. Like, it's yeah. just like reclaiming this part of myself that has mm -hmm. always been so true. And I feel more me. 
in the process. Right. And I would just say like uh, one small thing, like, and if you do that today, amazing. What can you do next week? That will just be like one small, tiny gesture to yourself. doesn't have to be this, like I'm coming out experience (laughs) where like you're showering yourself in rainbows or you're telling everybody, right? Like you deserve to move through life and at your pace and in the way that feels, feels aligned and right for you. And it can be really scary to feel this pressure of like knowing all the answers. Like, I don't know all the answers. I'm just fucking figuring out as I go. And I encourage you to just like take the pressure off as much as you can for yourself. And hopefully hearing that will help a little bit. You are, you are amazing. Honestly, like, honestly, and it truly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, it means a lot that, um, like I said before, that you speak so openly about it, and that you took time out of your, out of your day uh, to, to sit and speak with me in this regard, like, you know, honestly, if this helps one person, then like, like you said, I mean, this it makes all of it worth it yeah. so like honestly thank you so much and for those of you that are listening to right now they're like i like her i want to <laughs> i want more i want some more about this um i have amanda's all of her links are going to be in the description of this uh of this podcast uh including links to her book which you should go get uh including links uh to her podcast which you should listen to and obviously all of the social channels and um i know that you you do coaching as well and if people want to uh Want uh, to you know reach out to you in that regard? How could you help them from a coaching standpoint? Yeah, for sure. Right now, I'm kind of on a bit of a coaching hiatus. I'm mm-hmm. taking a, a mini sabbatical, but that'll be mm-hmm. coming back in the fall. So, mm-hmm. um, the best thing to do is just get on my email list, which you can you know find on all my social channels. It's super easy. Um, so yeah, and that I'll share share about that there or on Instagram. You know, find me there. I don't really share as much about that on TikTok because it's harder. It's yeah. like less long form. Yeah. So if you really yeah. want to join the like community, community, come to come to Insta. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and I share there. Um, but yeah, I would love to you know get to know your hearts more. I also just launched my first edition of my merch, Kai, and I'm Look at stoked. That. It's like this. I've been working with this amazing artist who's also one of my past clients, and she's yeah. incredible. And it says "fucking queer." Oh my so God, if I love any this. of y'all are listening and feel like fuck and queer are kind of my two favorite words. It's like the <laughs> pillars of who I am because it's like this reclamation, right? Yeah. It's like fuck and queer are these mm-hmm. like reclaiming of these words. Absolutely. And, um, so, you know, if you're, if you're wanting some fun vibes for the summer um, to continue pride <laughs> month, even though we're not right. in it No, we, we applied for an extension. We applied for an <laughs> yeah. extension. So it's, it's an all year round. Yes. I don't know what, you it's know. Pride year. It's pride year. Damn it. At this point, it's pride year. Screw it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that you have in your um, in your bio on your Instagram, which made me chuckle, is that you uh, identify as uh, I wrote this down: polyamorous, demisexual, queerdo. Queerdo, that's me. It's the queer Talk weirdo. Is me. <laughs> yeah. So some of my <laughs> some of my community has started saying that for themselves. They're like, yeah. I'm a queerdo, and I'm like, I love this. Can we continue this trend? Yes. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, and I, and I love you. Honestly, thank you so much for for sitting with me. Like I said, friends, if you uh, enjoyed what Amanda had to say, I, there's tons more. We only touched the surface, my friends. Uh, go follow her. Go buy her book. Go listen to her podcast. You're going to really enjoy it. Vibers, as always, if there is a content creator that you want me to reach out to, that you want to have on the podcast. Let me know. Uh, reach out to me. Let me know, and I'll re- I will reach out to them. Uh, thank you again, Amanda, for sitting and chatting with us. To everybody listening, thank you so much. As always, God bless and good vibes, and have a good day. Bye.